Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out, hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee, and, and it, will, it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out, leave us a note, tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built, so if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be an amazing episode. If you're a business owner or want to get into business, you need to grab a pen, paper, sit down, shut all the doors, lock your family out, because this is going to be... My friend Brandon could be dropping some serious knowledge bombs, <laughs> and I'm so excited, brother. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll be talking about uh, business, marketing, branding, baseball. Yes, I said we'll be talking about baseball, so who knows where this conversation is going to go. How are you doing, my brother? Man, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. Thanks so much for that intro, and you know, I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of uh, you know, something so great, you know, uh, be, being able to jump on your on your podcast, Rich, is truly a pleasure, you know, being the top 10 vet owned podcast. And, uh, you know, it's just. It's my pleasure. And and, you know, I, I love your story. I love everything you do. So first of all, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm really interested in the mindset because your parents were both athletes. And then you were a, an athlete also. So tell me about, I want you to know about that mindset, that competitiveness, because a lot of people forget about being competitive when we get out into the corporate world. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, it's interesting you say that. So, you know, definitely. So as far as like my upbringing, you know, so starting from the top, I came from a background of athletes. So my mom, uh, she was an athlete in college. She played soccer and tennis. My dad played baseball in college and they were athletes their whole life, uh, their whole lives. And so for me, um, you know, that I was raised doing that. Also, I have a, a brother, uh, Justin. He's a year and a half younger. And so, you know, we grew up in sports and competitive sports. And, and him and I were always competing against each other, even before we were in organized sports. And, and you know, basically out the womb, uh, we were just having fun. And so um, it's interesting because, you know, sports really taught me a lot about mindset. It, you know, obviously gives you 
uh, great skills to develop from a collaborative standpoint and teamwork and understanding others and how to get everybody moving in one direction from different backgrounds and, and different uh, goals and things like that. And so, you know, it's it really opened up my mind into how to make a team work and how to put together a winning team really at the end of the day. Um, and then, you know, of course, like the struggles that come along with it, you know, like the mental struggles, the adversity and pushing through that, the competitiveness and wanting to be the best. Um, you know, those are all some things that um, really, uh, I, I guess, like come from the core of who I am just because um, I was raised being an athlete. So, um, yeah, you know, really, it really served well for me um, in like the business world, at least uh, in the way I feel it. You know, because I, you know, I realized, you know, um, I I wasn't that great of an athlete and I'll admit it. I sucked. Um, I got <laughs> I got thrown out of school more than I was in school. But as I've gotten older. I've gotten more competitive and I realize, you know, like when my daughter, she bowls, if she, you know, on a league and when at the end of the year, when they give out participation trophies, it really aggravates the shit out of me because, you know, I don't like it where, you know, everybody gets a trophy, whether you put in the hard work or you don't put in the hard work. And, you know, like I'm a big guy, you know, I'm a big sports guy. You know, I'm, I'm a big, uh, Kobe Bryant fan. I'm a big yeah. Michael Jordan fan and Tom Brady fan. And they always had the uber competitiveness to yeah. take them to the top. And they won't even lose playing video games with their kids. So, <laughs> you know, so I think winning can be a mindset, but I think losing can be a mindset. What are your thoughts? That's so, I mean, that's such a great point. And I mean, when you, really bring kids up. And I mean, you know, I, I understand the participation aspect of it. Um, but at the same time, I think it is detrimental to the development in children and the way that they um, engage with that just because their parents don't teach them, you know, you know, it's, it's, okay to compete it's okay to win you actually have to compete and have to win in order to get to the places or to get the things that you want in life and so when you lose and you expect those things to be given to you regardless I think it's one of those things to where it conditions a child to not have to work so hard or to not look at the drawing board and say okay I didn't do well in this performance what can I do to improve rather than saying oh well you know I didn't do well but I'll get them next time uh you know just because I'll get an award or recognition regardless. And so I, I agree, uh, you know, like participation awards, I think instills that, um, you know, it, that, that I guess like ability that it's okay to, um, you know, not want to, uh, you know, to, to not win. And, and it drives the, the competition uh, out of them, you know? And um, I love what you said about Kobe Bryant. Actually like Kobe's, Kobe's somebody that I use with my team to reference all the time. And it's just having that Mamba mentality, having that, you know, at all costs just to get it done and um, just making sure that you work hard to always not just be the best of who you are. But once you feel that you are at a certain place um, to always continue to strive to be better, too. So, um, you know, it's just something that really, um, you know, competitive sports and winning and losing teaches you. And when you take out the learning uh, experience that comes from losing, you really rob kids of, of self-development, you know? Now, uh, of course you went to college, right? You played ball. In yes, college. Correct. correct. So uh, talk to me about, because, you know, a lot, a lot of people would be like, Hey, yeah, you know, I went to college and I played ball and, and that's where the story ends. But tell me the moment when you realize, all right, 
I'm not going to make a profession out of this. I'm not going to be the next Derek Jeter, Elks Rodriguez. So talk to us about how you had to flip the script and not because a lot of people say, oh, well, no, I could be, couldn't become an athlete, you know, a professional athlete. And then they let everything else slide. So how did you pivot into the next part of your life? Yeah, that's such a great question and great perspective. Um, so for me, I think it was just a matter of understanding that there's more to my identity and there's more to who I am than just being an athlete. An athlete and what I do is just who I am. So um, for me, I think it was just more, I mean, after coming out of college, and you do something for 22 years of your life, when you're 22 years old, that's 100% of your life. Um, so you really have to kind of humble yourself and, and really open your mind and experience new things to understand who am I? What do I enjoy? Uh, what other aspects are there to life that I can appreciate? And you can stay in that athletic lane and that's fine. And many people become great coaches, administrators, um, even owners of teams. And you know, there's a whole industry dedicated to the sports world. Um, but for me, I think it was more so understanding who I was, what I wanted out of life, and then aligning my goals and what I was going to do uh, with those things. And and the really the only way to learn and realize what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be was by doing a lot of different things, uh, you know, especially to make up for lost time. Possibly, you, know, you could look at it as lost time, but you could make up for time uh, that I didn't get experience really in anything or much else. Um, you know, in the, the 22 years of my life prior to when I had become a professional. So, yeah, it was a very interesting transition for me. And it was something that required a lot of insights um, and perspective for me to truly evolve. Now, you know, um, for some reason, baseball has become a very popular topic for me in the last two days. And I was talking to another gentleman yesterday and we were talking about like my favorite players are people like Derek Jeter, um, Cal Ripken. You know, people, it was, it was never about them. It was always about team. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, you see somebody like Alex Rodriguez, which I don't ever consider him being a Yankee. Because he <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Because <laughs> he always put himself first before the team. Okay. So, so you know, yeah. talk to us about, you know, like they say, it's, it's always an, the, the name on the front of the jersey. That's important, not the name on the back of the jersey. You know, and that's such a great point because I think that it's really easy to get caught up in your own personal goals and really think about yourself, especially when things aren't going your way in a team environment. Um, you know, that's even like related to business when things aren't going so well in the business. And, you know, now it's like, OK, I'm not going to focus on, um, you know, kind of like the things that I'm used to or the thing, you know, I'm not going to keep moving for, you know, towards that goal. I'm going to deviate a little bit and try to make some money here, make some money there, like, you know, kind of like isolate the team and what you're truly about. And, and you know, um, I think that I think that essentially at the end of the day, um, when you have your goals aligned with the team and everybody gets to where they want to be, you accomplish all of the other things individually that come alongside with that because you as an individual are a part of the team and are necessary to get the team to where you want to be. So if you focus on the team goal as a unit, you know, all of the other things take care of themselves. But at the end of the day, you're nothing without your team and you don't get on a, you know, to a particular level of success. You know, there's so many incredible players uh, that have come out throughout the history time of time in several sports that they never accomplished a championship. They never accomplished the pinnacle of their career. And, um, you know, it, it's because they didn't have the team or the pieces around them, the chemistry or whatever the case was. So, um, you know, yeah, that's.
part of, of uh, you know, being a team is understanding the, you know, the team first before your own individual needs. All right. So let me let me just know that since I knew we were going to talk last week, uh, um, I dug deep into your past. I actually oh, no. some of your former teammates on your college team. And you um, said you reached some of my former teammates. Yep. That is so funny. I'm interested. Okay. Okay. And they were saying, you know, even though you may have not had, you know, the ultimate talent that some, you know, a lot of them have that you had a leadership about you, a quiet leadership about you. And that's why they named you co-captain. So talk to us about leadership and talking about, you know, because like I was in the military and I always put my guys first. And then, I, 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 you know, that's what I think made me a, a great leader. So talk to us about leadership and leading men. Yeah, I, I think that at the end of the day and something that my dad told me growing up is nobody wants to lead a general uh, lead or go, nobody wants to follow a general into war that's, you know, not battle tested or that hasn't been through it. And I think the way that you go through things to be able to, to lead is to, you know, just do it and lead by example. So. You know, it's really easy to say one thing and do another. But when you just do what you have to do, um, you know, it's one of those things that it's undeniable and other people like recognize and you don't have to tell people, instruct people, um, but people just watch your actions and what you're about. And then people start talking to you and asking you, hey, what do you do for this? Or how do you stay, you know, locked in or focused or positive when going through that and et cetera? I'm having a hard time. I'm in a slump or whatever. You know, it's it's one of those things to where, um, yeah, I. I, I think that you really put yourself in a position to be a leader when you just lead by example. And, um, and that's just that you just have to be the embodiment of what you preach. And, you know, one thing that I, I really respect about you, you know, cause like some people, when they be, when they go to college and they become athletes, um, it's all about the athleticism, you know, but you also were an all American academic to yeah. where, you know, there's a difference between, you know, you know, like there's some people that are professional football players, they graduate college and they can't even write a sentence, you know, because they, they, they got pushed through because they were such a great athlete, but you, you decided to excel not only physically, but mentally talk to us about that. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been very thankful to have also, you know, uh, an upbringing and, and have it instilled into me, like, you know, the importance of education, you know, my mom and my grandma, her mother uh, were educators. And so it's something that's instilled into me, but also at the same time, I, I just realize as well too, that there's so much, there's so much value in information and knowledge and in education um, in the sense of, you know, you, you can't put your eggs in all in one basket, um, especially let's say if you're, going to be an athlete you know you also it's you know it's great to be well-rounded and have the mindsets and to learn things because you know the different influences and the things around you that that you know that that you encounter on a day-to-day basis you know they they all kind of collaborate together and, and process you know your into your mind so for an example um, you know, there's something that you may learn in an economics class or a point or a lesson or perspective that you have that then you take out into the field. And it's like, huh, you know, like you go into a math class, oh, the quickest way to a straight line, and, you know, to the base is this, this and that. And, you know, it, you know, basically you could apply that to your mechanics and like what you do, you know. So it's you know, just it's just interesting. You never know what you could read or what you could come across to that that really kind of connects the dots for you and other aspects of your life. Uh, you know, and I love that. Now, I love that, you know 
I think that what you did after you got out of college, you know, taking a door to door sales job is probably the best teaching you yeah. can get taught in sales because you get taught how to take a lot of no's. It, you know, and I think everybody should do door to door sales for a couple months because that's when you really learn the art of sales, persuasion, and taking a lot of no's to get yeses. So, talk to us about that experience. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely, and so getting a lot of no's to get yeses, it's definitely a numbers game. It's a game of repetition, you know, a lot like baseball, and it's a game of failure, you know, in baseball. You hit 300, which means you fail seven out of 10 times and you're an all-star. You're a Hall of Famer. Uh, same thing in regards to door-to-door sales. You just, you know, are going to fail more just as what it is. I think a conversion rate really looks at th- like 3%. So imagine you're making a sale maybe 3% of the time, you know, 3 to 10. I guess it depends on your industry. I mean, on e-commerce, it's 3%. But, I mean, you think about that and you really just realize that you need to push forward no matter what. And, you need to get through all those no's to get to that yes. And those no's actually refine your approach and how you get those yeses. You learn what works, what doesn't work. And then you take it into the next thing. You see so many people, you're like, okay, you know what? This time I'm going to take a completely different approach. I'm going to come in like this and I'm going to say something like that, or I'm going to tell us, you know, and, and, you know, you just do things enough times to, you know, really find what works for you. Um, you do things enough time to find that repetition is ultimately the answer to everything. Consistency is ultimately the answer to everything. And, um, and yeah, and rejection, you learn rejection, you learn to push forward regardless of what the result is, um, you know, to get to that yes in life anyways. So, um, yeah, door to door sales was a massive part of my development as a professional and, and the mental strength that came along with that. You know, and I'm a big Zig Ziglar guy, you know, and he always said, you know, he always two, said two things that meant a lot to me that you can have anything you want in life if you help enough people get what they want in life. And- yeah. You know, and second is that, you know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So talk to us because uh, uh, I found that you know, sure. I was in timeshare sales for a while. And until I I changed from having sympathy to empathy, I totally could not sell anything. But once I changed to be empathetic is when my sales career took off. So talk to us about some of the the, the little golden nuggets of uh, sales. Yeah, I, I and that's such a great point. That's so true. Um, for me, and you know, I do lead generation for my businesses and for a lot of my different businesses. And you know, in some cases, I, I, I. I, I have salesmen, I have a sales team that, you know, tackles those leads. But, you know, before I got there, I had to answer the phones myself. And so, you know, I, I really also not just like in the door to door sales aspect of things, but, you know, just even in phone sales, I was able to learn, um, you know, the true value of connection and the true value of caring uh, that when you come in the, with an approach to provide a solution and you come with an approach to truly understand um, the true nugget of sales for me that works for me personally is just understanding because the more that you understand someone, the more you understand how to resolve uh, their issue or their problem with whatever it is that you're selling. So you can really understand them and then you start understanding the right questions to ask and where to poke. And then ultimately it just kind of comes to where you're not selling them, but you're ultimately giving them the epiphany 
direction that you have what they need to get to where they want to be or to satisfy whatever it is that they that they're looking to you know take care of by using your product so um that to me is what i found works the best and and it's not even a sales approach but it's just a conversation um that that's what has made the exponential difference in results for me in sales and, and it's closing high ticket sales especially now four years ago you go from employee to employer um, talk to us about, because once again, we're pivoting and it takes a different mindset from when you're cashing checks to start to writing checks. There's Absolutely. a difference between employee mindset and business owner mindset. Talk to us into that day when you just, when you finally hung out your own shingle, as they say, and started your own company where, you know, if, if you don't close sales, you don't eat. Yeah. What, what was that like? And talk us, talk to us about the mindset. Um, yeah, definitely. So I would say for me, I think realizing the limitations that I had. So I got a call out of college and I did door to door sales for a few months. And then I got a great position at a fortune 500 company. It was an entry position. And you know, I did that for about three months. And in that process, I just realized like the the limitations that I had, the lack of say, even though I learned so much about structure and things like that and, and collaboration, um, you know, I, I just really couldn't make the impact that I wanted to, which didn't allow me to feel the fulfillment um, that I wanted to out of life and in what I was doing. So that for me was when I made the transition. Actually, you know, over six years ago uh, was when I made that transition and I had done it. My first business, I had come into a partnership with two other gentlemen um, that then, you know, a year and a half later uh, led me to open up my own business about a little over now. Like I think I've, I just passed my five year anniversary for Gill Ventures officially. Um, and, and so, you know, in that process and in that journey, it truly was just driven by me wanting to get after what I wanted out of life uh, from a fulfillment standpoint. So um, once you go and you make that decision and you say, OK, I'm going to do what I want in life. I'm going to be fulfilled. This is great. Um, you know, under underwater basket weaving doesn't pay the bills unless you find a way to make it pay the bills. So you have to now sustain yourself off of what you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. Make a living off of what you want to live for. So for me, that was incredibly difficult. Um only because I, I I was I was willing to make the sacrifice and I and I made all the sacrifices I needed to. It was a very hard time, you know. I, I've lived in my car uh, for some time. I've gotten eviction notices on like the places I was renting at, and um, you know, it was one of those things to where I had to pay my team and I had to pay others around me to keep the machine going, and um, and have them want to work with me to continue building. Uh, you know what I mean? For me, I didn't care if I ate. I didn't care uh, whatever the case was, as long as my team was getting fed, because, you know, like you said, like now becoming an employer, the the ultimate goal is to is to is to get to where you want to be. Right. Like whatever your goals are like in your business. And so you make the ultimate sacrifice, some, you know, or like you make this, excuse me, the sacrifice sometimes, um, you know, to to get there, you know, just for your team and um yeah, that's what it was all about for me. I knew like if I just with time continue to, you know, keep the team going and, and stuff like that, um, you know, I I knew that I would just be able to network more.
bigger clientele and things like that that would allow me uh, to be able to now start profiting in the long term and things like that. So um, that's really what it was all about for me. I just knew if I kept the machine going and I made the sacrifice to do so, um, that I would ultimately be able to profit and, and you know, just have bigger contributions to my bigger picture. So tell us what kind of business you opened and tell us what you do. So the first business that I opened was a digital marketing agency, and that was with the intent. I mean, I didn't ever focus in one niche. I've worked in over 30 different industries. And so it wasn't just with the intent to bring on clients and to scale up with clients and a clientele, but more so for me to test out different industries and to see how things work. Uh, and, and, you know, from there, just understand if it was a good opportunity to start something in there myself or to partner with the clients that were, you know, uh, really vested into the space. And so, you know, by doing that and having that approach, it allowed me to build a system and a structure that not just allowed me to service my clients and scale up clients, but to also bring in businesses and opportunities that I saw were great for myself. And then, you know, out comes a winning business, or let's say I, I leverage uh, my team and my experience um, and, and use that to get significant equity in, into like a business or into a publicly traded company or whatever the case was. So it all started with the, the roots of being a digital marketing agency. And now I've expanded into, you know, the CBD and hemp space. I've expanded into uh, music, tech, uh, doing things in like the NFT and crypto world, um, you know, in distribution, I have a lot of different like product based companies as well. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I do it all with like with an organization. I do it all with a structure. And, and you know, it's not something that I'm kind of scattered all over the place um, only because the marketing agency and the, and the team and the structure and the processes that I built with that allows me to sustain it all. You know, and I love that. Now, we're going to talk about a little bit about business, a little bit about marketing. I'm a big branding guy. You know, I believe that you are your brand. Um, And like, for instance, like we'll go back to baseball. Um, Derek Jeter, you know, if you just see the number 22, the number two in pinstripes, you know who it is. There's no question who it is. Yeah. You know. But, you know, then you also have A-Rod. Well, I'm not bagging on him, but he's just he was just a different kind of dude. Um, you know, where um, they were both two different people, but they both like Derek Jeter never said anything out of the way. He was always team first and he was a, a media darling. The media loved him because yeah. he always did the right things. And then you had A-Rod in the same locker room just getting caught up in all different stuff. And it kind of, one, built the brand as, you know, now as we say, you know, um, Jeter is always be known as the captain. And A-Rod is just going to be known as that steroid guy. So talk to us about, you know, being your brand, how not to screw up your brand. Yeah, that's, I think, such a great point. So when you think about your brand and being a brand. I think it all comes back to who you are, the core values, the pillars of what make up what you're looking to represent. And so when you really dissect that and look back at who you are and have some introspection, you know, you, you develop those things and that's what make up your guidelines. So you have your core values and you have like the pillars of who you are that make up your guidelines and your guidelines are what's going to allow you to share content be involved in events, 
do personal press releases, things like that. It's going to allow you to stay in line with the, you know, distributing things that communicate who you are and what you do properly. And so. Not just something that, you know, is from a brand perspective of, you know, who you are as a brand, but then even as like a person, you know, honesty, um, you know, consistency, different things like that. You think about who you are, who you want to be or who you want to be communicated as you identify the pillars of who you are and what you're looking to communicate. And, you know, you just basically from there have a guideline. So then in every single moment, you're like, okay, is this an honest thing to do? Um, is this something that's going to represent work ethic or consistency in what I do if I decide to go and, uh, you know, head out to the beach when I know I have a ton of work on my desk and I've been messing around for the last couple of days? You know, it's, it's things like that, that as long as you just understand who you are um, and, and, you know, you, you can have and generate like a guidelines, whether it's mentally or on a deck for a business. And yeah, you just know, like you're, you're, you know, like who you are and like what the things are that, you know, you need to do to represent who you want to be or, or how you want to communicate yourself. You know, cause like, uh, like the one thing that I always talk about, we're talking about branding. Just imagine if we're watching TV, me, me and you were hanging out watching TV one day and Michael Jordan comes to the podium wearing an Adidas jumpsuit and Adidas sneakers. How many people would lose their mind because they know that pretty much even though Phil Knight owned Nike, Mike, Michael Jordan was Air Jordan. He was pretty much the face of Nike. So, But he was consistent all these years. And you see a lot of athletes, they go from brand to brand to brand and they never get they never get any traction with that brand. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. don't you think that you consistency over the long term is key? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, let's go back to A Rod for that. So A Rod is a guy that, like you said, wasn't a media darling. He had his issues with steroids and was known as that guy. He was known as, you know, um, just not he just wasn't somebody that was put so you go and you look at him as that person for let's say half of his life or a third of his life you know his whole career in the spotlight and then you look at the long-term consistency that he's now developed into to where he's on shark tank he's launching brands he's launching businesses he's launching gyms you know he's everywhere where the money is and things like that um you know and and he's had that consistency that he's put himself out there and positioned himself as the businessman, uh, as a good guy that you maybe ask the baseball community about who A-Rod is and they'll have one answer or rem Versus you look at him now and you ask the people that engage with who he is now, right? Like, let's say the younger kids that didn't grow up. Let's say 14-year-olds that didn't see all of that. And then now they only see him on Shark Tank or on TikToks or whatever the case. You know, he's a completely different guy. And that's just because of the consistency and the messaging of who we wanted to be. Um, and, his, and his team has done an amazing job of having that transition from not just athlete to businessman, but not being so like to being a very receptive, you know, a brand to, to the public, you know? No. Okay. Now like I said, I, I, who knows where this conversation goes on my shows. It's like two friends just hanging out, having a cup of coffee, but you know, now of course um, in life, you know, we all make mistakes, some bigger than others, 
But I think if you're transparent and honest, that people were more likely to forgive you and move on. Kind of like, you know, Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens. So true. They both got popped for steroids. Andy Pettit is so loved in New York because he just said, hey, I, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And now they love Andy Pettit, where Clemens is hated because and he did the same exact things. So yeah. don't you think that honesty and being transparent in today's world makes things a lot better for you? Yeah, I, I agree completely. Honesty is the really, I think, the key to making everything easier, whether you're honest with the public about who you are and, you know, like what you do. And then they just, you know, understand that like, all humans make mistakes, um, you know, whether it's honest with yourself and realizing, you know, who you are and what you want to do. Getting yourself in that way and like your happiness and, and you know even like with your relationships with a friend or with a loved one you know you lie to them so much and now you have to continue lying and you know if you're just honest in like the first place you know they love you and you know they'll forgive you and understand you and rather than if you lie consistently it just builds up such a tension and remorse so you know i think honesty is the key to so many different aspects in life you know and and, and transparency is everything uh, and you know now we'll talk a little bit about marketing you know and since you got in the game five six years ago things are changing on a, sometimes on a monthly or a weekly basis um, with marketing. Now I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn. You know, that's where I do most of my damages on LinkedIn, but can't stand those people where, you know, like if I, if you send me a, 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 a connection request and I accept it and 30 seconds later, I get a five page panned, um, you know, a response begging me for business you know, I think that's not the way to do things in 2021. What are your thoughts on not being that guy or girl on social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I That's everything. Um, you know, I think that giving value give to receive is the biggest principle in marketing nowadays, especially when so much information is free online. You know, and, and it's just like relates to so many different things. Like you think about e-commerce and, you know, for you to generate a lead, you give something, you give a free ebook, you give value to somebody that then they like what you have to offer. They trust your brand. Um, they see you as someone that's like, okay, they're not just here to get something from me, but they're truly honest and care about me to give this for free. And then what happens? You get, you give your email for that ebook. of time to like actually get pushed towards their premium product or whatever the case is and you ultimately end up becoming a customer because you build that report in the beginning um so i think like it's not just online but in many respects like even like let's say offering not even offering a consultation but just like going back to what we were talking about earlier in sales like by having a conversation to understand rather than you know selling from up front you know getting to know somebody first you know um all of those things are what contribute to having the most success in today's day and age uh, just because there's so many competitors and then having that convert sales now um you know i'm a big relationship guy you know people know that when they come on my show it's the relationship just starts today and i'm into building generational relationships Absolutely. so talk to us that. about building relationships in life and in business relationships are everything and the way that you handle your relationships are everything too i think i look at that in two different respects 
I look at that in the sense of being able to have enough need to build that, that network and you know, build the quality of those relationships as well too. That all comes out to, you know, everybody helping each other out whenever they are in a time of need, whether it be in marketing or helping move furniture. Um, you know, you you do that and, and everybody wants to work with somebody that they trust. Um, when I first started my business, I was hiring friends and family to, you know, just have that. I mean, and this is after several filled, uh, you know, experiences and trying to bring somebody on is because I could trust them and the quality of, of character that they were uh, to do what I was asking them, them to do consistently. So of, um, you know, doing that, I think it like, you know, look at building a network in that respect, not just like a necessarily, you know, um, I guess like building your network, but then like in the way that you handle your relationships as well too, says a lot about a person. I think that the way that you treat somebody when they have nothing to give you is the way that you, you know, can really gauge at a person's, you know, uh, I, I guess like core values or understanding of who they are. So um, I look at relationships like in both ways, you know, like not just like in the network of like what you get out of it, but then also like in being able to observe people and like who they are by seeing the way they treat their relationships. So now talk to us, you know, um, I know you said I read something about being getting into the CBD industry. And then also you were talking about crypto. Now, like I find and I, I know it's unfair, but anytime I see anybody that says anything about crypto and they send me a friend request, I kind of delete it because I know I'm automatically going to get pitched quick. Right. So talk to us about overcoming stigmas, especially with that and also with CBD. Uh, I would say that it's really easy for something to get a bad name or a bad reputation as an industry by the people that are in it. You there? Yeah. You I can hear you. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah. Like industries are just be put off by them by the people that are in it. You know, especially like these industries being what they are. Uh, coming from actually like black market, you look for people to purchase it on the black market or be untraceable there. That's what it was known for. And then also like with hemp as well too, and CBD and cannabis, you know, it was like a, a you know, made illegal and it had a serious push behind it from the government and other media outlets. Like, you know, like the whole reefer madness aspect, of, you know, it's of, you know, it's something that's negative for you. And so you look at these two things that have just like a negative stigma. And I think it just, Uh, and uh, that there's more to it than that. And that just comes with education. When you learn about cryptocurrency, when you learn about hemp and the impact that it could have on society, on the human progression, and, you know, just like financially as well, too, um, you know, it's something that becomes more appealing and something that's like more favorable when you look at like hemp and then you see like the benefits that come when people have, you know, consume. I, from with my own eyes, have seen people, uh, you know, from, that, that have had epilepsy and completely stopped having seizures and stopped taking their epilepsy. 
people that have you know achieved those kind of benefits in hemp and, and it just is uh you know one of those things that i think like it's hard to see the beauty in something when like you're not open to it and you're not understanding to it and um yeah i think that's really all it just comes down to is education okay so now you know last two questions that we have um how do we find you how can we get in touch with you and how can we support your mission Oh, thank you. So you can hit, you know, just on Instagram, Brandon Gill 11. And I have- you can just message me on Instagram or on LinkedIn, Brandon Gill, you know, uh, connect me on social media. I'm more than happy to, you know, have a conversation and just connect with people. Um, you could go on my website, Gil, gillventuresllc.com or gill.marketing. Or, you know, if you want to learn more about some of my other businesses, just ask me. I'm more than happy to talk about it and share some information and, yeah, just help anybody along their journey. And, um, yeah, just, you know, I think that's what it's all about. All right. So now last question, you know, we, we still live in a crazy world. I'm here in New Jersey, so we're still on lockdown. A lot of people are. Um, so, and a lot of parents are driving for Uber, DoorDash, just trying to put food in their kid's mouth. So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely so if there's somebody out there that's struggling with their business, whether that's marketing, whether that's branding, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help? Yeah. What can they do in the next 24 hours? Yeah, I would say just to do it, you know, just to whatever it is. I think like a lot of people just, you know, have their next steps identified or know what they want to do. And I think it's just like taking the action, um, you know, um, and, and doing the research. If you don't know what the answer is, that's like really all it is. There's so much free information online. And I think that so much gets accomplished by just doing something like whatever it is that your next step is, um, you know, is just like research. And then and then again, like just action. Um And then you'll just discover more of like what you need to do. I think it's one of those never ending journeys. Like when you look at marketing or building a business, like it's always, there's always development. So, you know, just so long as you keep going down that path and just, you know, identify the first, you know, like the next steps of what you have to do and then actually do it, you know, you're, you know, wherever it is that you're at, you're just going to keep on progressing. I love it, brother. I'm so grateful that you hopped on and, and thank you for dropping a lot of knowledge bombs. I'm I'm sure I'm going to be learning from it and using a lot of what you've taught today. And brother, I just want to say thank you for your friendship. And I truly appreciate you. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. No, it, it was such a pleasure. And I, I, you know, could just be uh, two bros having coffee anytime, you know, it doesn't have to be on air, man. You give me a call whenever I, I love to have um, insightful conversation that, you know, stimulates the mind and you've definitely done that and asked incredible questions. So um, yeah, man, uh, it, it's really nice to, to meet you and have a friend in you and, um, you know, let me know anytime you want to jump back on or, or, or talk. All right, brother. Well, God bless you and have an amazing week and crush it. You as well. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.